Constructing your life is about much more than just building a bank account. Each week, join real estate entrepreneur and mindset coach Austin Linney as he interviews guests who are constructing their dream lives and impacting the world around them on a daily basis. If you're an entrepreneur or wanting to start a business, or you just want to hear motivating stories of how others have overcome the odds, you are in the right place. And now for your host, Austin Linney. Guys, welcome back to Construct Your Life. This is Austin Linney here. Guys, there's this group. There's this group of these, they call themselves the Pirates. But every time I meet these dudes, every one of them is so amazing. It started with uh, Chase, then it went to Mark and Angelo Cisco, who's my dude, and and just so many great humans. And, And now we have another one. He might talk about marijuana, guys. Oh, my God. Calm down, everybody. Stop being so straight-laced. I actually have a funny story for you that's going to be super interesting that we're going to get into, but Mr. Ryan Sprague, how are you doing, sir? Beautiful, man. So happy to be here. Uh, Yeah, it's funny. You know, I just talked to Chase last night. I was just on the phone with Angelo earlier today, and uh, I tagged Mark in the podcast we did earlier. So all those names, I know them very well. (laughs) You know, uh, in true Austin Lenny fashion, you know, we've been trying to connect for the last couple of weeks. And I said, you know what, let's just do a podcast interview. Let's meet on the podcast. So here we are. So, you know, efficient time use. But, you know, what I like to do with my guests is kind of let them start a story where they want to and kind of see where it goes from there. Mm, Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I mean, uh, it's funny whenever anyone tells me, let's just podcast and do it. I'm like, perfect. You're speaking my language. You know, I mean, I noticed that, uh, that you have two podcasts as well, yep. right? There's not mm-hmm. many of us out there that have two podcasts. And, well, you uh, know, what's interesting. We just did an episode on takeaways for this first year of our second one. Nice. And I was thinking, of, I was thinking to myself, man, a year and a half ago, I didn't have any. Now I have two. Now we're talking about a third, you know, I was yes. like, you know? <laughs> You know, it's so funny, man. A year and a half just about is it's about a year and uh, nine months now since I started Highly Optimized. Now I have two as well. So I totally feel you, man. For those people that podcasts are fun for, it makes sense. Like just to have more than one, you know, because yeah. if you're like me, like you can't fit everything into one. One, you know? of the, one of the one of the ideas I have, this is I have many ideas for shows, but one of the ideas I had is that I want to call it behind the vault or something, because mm. some of the conversations I have with my friends or my mentors, mm. I'm like, this is the stuff that we should be talking about when everybody's yes. chill, you know, and like, I don't drink anymore because I was an alcoholic, but I always want to create a show called University on the Rocks and get everybody drinking. And that's yes. the actual goal, because what's interesting, I sold wine for 20 years. Oh, and wow. what people don't what people don't understand is. To sell wine, dude, you got to create a story. You got to have feeling behind it. Like there is actual gems to get somebody to buy a bottle, one bottle. That's like 500,000, 2000 bucks. It's It's a whole game, you know? Yeah. You know, it's funny, you know, I'm pioneering the way to do that with cannabis because cannabis is going to be the exact same way. Right. Especially like you talk about organic regenerative agriculture, right. And all of these things, these, these legal entities that are now allowed to operate, right. Like right now we pretty much only have Walmarts of cannabis, especially out in like California, Colorado. right there. Yeah. Like there are some amazing, and there's no soul behind it. Exactly. There's no no soul whatsoever. Well, it's funny that you say that right after this, we might have to have you join. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We have a, I have a meeting with guy in my mastermind who has three grows and three shops in Oklahoma and me and my business partner, I haven't told anybody. So sorry, this is coming out of the podcast, but (laughs) what we found out because we sold wine and we were in liquor business is there's no organization whatsoever or structure or inventory around 
logistically bringing growers and wheat shops. Like it doesn't exist yes. maybe in California, but not in Oklahoma. So what we're creating is a, is a logistic shop mm. to connect the grower and the shops with proper product while you use it with proper packaging. So we're really excited. Oh, amazing. About that. Yeah. Yeah. It's huge, man. And you know, to uh, pardon the pun, but it's a budding industry, right? Like <laughs> it's, it's getting more and more huge in the same way that craft beer took over can craft cannabis is going to take over for anyone who actually cares about their health and actually cares about what this medicine is truly meant to be, which is a mirroring type plant medicine. Right. And what I mean by that is it actually shows you what's going on behind the scenes of your life. And it can allow you to to be aware, become aware of so many more things that your brain, your mindset, right? Your mind typically hides from you because we have the ego, we have the inner critic, we have all of these types of things that protect us, quote unquote, right? From feeling our feelings, especially as men, right? So when we interact with cannabis in the way that I teach in the Connect with Cannabis program, and we also interact with cannabis in the way that, you know, it was meant to be cultivated organic, regeneratively, and no-till soil with biodynamic farming practices and Korean natural farming, you can get a much higher quality medicine that actually allows and serves you much better as a human being. Yeah, because what's interesting, right, is 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 my coach who has been in the recovery space for, for 15 plus years, uh, you know, never, ever um, mess with uh, marijuana, mm. uh, you know, mushrooms, psychedelics, because it was frowned upon in the recovery community as, oh, look, yes. there you go, yeah. <laughs> just abusing drugs again. But, yes. but but from a from a former meth addict and a coke addict, mm. like meth and coke and acid or excuse me, meth, coke and like speed pills. Yeah, that's not what we're talking about here. When we're talking exactly. about we, it's the exact opposite. This is a root. This is a plant. This is not generated in a in a lab. You yeah. know? And so I don't think it can be put in the same box. No, definitely not. And also like, you know, I imagine what we're going to talk about a lot in this episode and what I'm all about is like conscious, intentional use of this medicine, right? The yeah. same way that, you know, I know you probably know people and I know people I worked in the professional industry for five years and, you know, met with over 5,000 patients face to face. And there are many people that run similar patterns, pa addictive patterns with cannabis, right? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so like really, you know, the main challenge I see is that no one actually explains to people like, Hey, you know, how cannabis actually works, right? Like, Hey, cannabis is here to help you. And if you don't give it a direction, because it's a feminine medicine, if you, as the human, right, the masculine component of it, whether you're female or male, if you don't have that masculine component of like, this is what I want this medicine to help me with, then it's just going to pull the wool over your eyes and protect you from feeling everything. And over time, you're going to need more and more cannabis to feel safe in every aspect of your life. You're going to need more and more cannabis to feel like you can have fun in your life. You're going to need cannabis all the time because cannabis becomes your mother, right? So it's the same way as someone who can't move out of their mom's house or something like that, where eventually like, you know, this unconscious use is going to come back to bite you in the ass because you're going to quote unquote need cannabis to live your life. And so, yes, it might not be a speed pill or something that could harm you, right? Cannabis luckily is a plant. It's organic, all of these kind of things. But at the same time, you can definitely still uh, bring forth some of those patterns. And, and the main challenge I see with people is that they've just never heard that, right? Like they, mm -hmm. no one wants to be addicted to something, right? No one wants to have to rely on something, but at the end of the day, you know, cannabis is pretty much the black sheep of the plant medicine family. You can go, online and look up a lot of research with psilocybin you can go to a jungle and you know meet with some native elders and talk about a dieta for ayahuasca 
but really there's no user manual for cannabis. And so what I've mm-hmm. created with my business partner is the long lost user manual for cannabis. Like, Hey, mm-hmm. this is the patterns to look out for. This is how you can use this as a tool in so many different ways. And now the new thing we're so excited about is actually certifying coaches to work with this medicine, right. To work mm-hmm. in the system that we have developed because it's booming, right? If you're a coach, right? You're going to have clients that are using it, right? If you're an entrepreneur, you're going to want to find ideas from within, right? You can only copy other people's ideas for so long. And that creativity mechanism is so big in an entrepreneur's life. So what's the best way to do it? Find a way to tap into the infinite source of wisdom within. You don't always need cannabis to get you there, but it can be a great reminder of how to get there when you're feeling stuck. And so like for artists, right? They have to access that creative space, that feminine energy. And so cannabis being a feminine plant can put you right into that creative flow. It can be a great reminder because let's face it, life is busy. There's a lot of things going on. Yes. If I could meditate for five hours in the woods every day, probably wouldn't need cannabis, but I have two podcasts. I have a business I run. I live in Boston, right? It's a big city and a busy city. And I have a lot of things going on. So sometimes I can't just turn it on like that. And cannabis can really help with that. And it will allow me to remember like, oh, this is how I can get there. Okay, cool. And then the next day I wake up, I don't need to necessarily interact with cannabis because I've set myself up for success the night before or that weekend when I've interacted. And now these days, I don't interact with cannabis off all too often. I used to every single day. Now I don't need to, right? There are times where I'll go into a creative spin where I might interact with cannabis for seven days in a row. Then I might not touch it for another month after, right? Mm -hmm. So it's just about learning how to use this as a tool, like anything else, right? There's two, there's, there's one thing that was really prevalent there and it's, uh, you know, subconsciously using it. That's Mm. what people don't understand is that I was not, you know, to be an alcoholic for 20 years, like I wasn't the guy that partied all night. Like that wasn't my thing, like, but I drank mm. during the day. And what I realized through the work that I've done and my own coaching is that I was subconsciously drinking because there were triggers in my life that were saying, Hey, you worked a long day, have a drink. And then you look and you have a drink in your hand. You didn't even know that you poured it. Right. And so it's, yes. it's about rebuilding. And what's interesting is like, you know, my, my coach calls me the rhino, you know, like, like, he's like, he's like, dude, you're like bulldozing. Like if, if somebody like, I don't respect, like, but what, what he said is like, listen, if you're going to, you were drinking every day for eight years. It's like, if you're going to stop, he's like, you got to figure something out. And so I like, it's really odd. Like I can, and this is back to my younger days. I can do an eight ball of cocaine and I'm good. Like speed's good. I'm like, I'm, I'm good. Adderall, you know, yeah. whatever. <laughs> I smoke a joint and I am lost. Like I just, yes. you know, but, but like he said, listen, you got to try something to, you can't just quit like alcohol, cold turkey. So I said, what if I smoke? And so, so you know, for 30 days, I would smoke when I quit drinking alcohol and I would smoke at night and I would listen to music and mm. I would get all these ideas. And then I got to a point at the 30 day, 40 day. And I was like, what if I just quit all of them? Like, it's, it, would that work? And then like, mm. boom, I did that. And then I like, kind of took off, but mm. I really don't think, I mean, I could have for sure. Like you can do anything you want to, but I really think that softening the blow with, with marijuana to get sober was kind of my, was like me calming myself down to kind of like, because it is hard, you know, you look at, and, and, and I'll use this example, the more and more I coach people and the more and more I do business consulting, like addiction is not just about drugs and alcohol anymore. Addiction yes. is Netflix, uh, your phone, um, uh, work, uh, it's in, a pattern in, investing. Right? It's a pattern. It's not, a, yeah. it's not actually addiction. It's a pattern yes. that's showing up subconsciously. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And it's like that old quote, if how you do anything is how you do everything, right? So you'll find with people that are interacting with cannabis prevalently, they they maybe were an addict of something else in the past, right? And and I realized for a lot of people, like they're in a big challenge, right? And I would rather anyone interact with cannabis, even unconsciously, mm-hmm. all day, every day, yep. than interact with something like alcohol or tobacco or something like yep. that. Why? Not necessarily because it's the best thing, but because it's the safest thing. Now, yeah. once the Walmarts of weed come out and they start putting pesticides and all these things in their flower, who knows what will end up becoming safe? I mean, if we look at tobacco, organic tobacco is actually tests very high in the human body on David Hawkins scale of consciousness, right? Mm-hmm. But the problem is that it's been bastardized by the people that are really only caring to make a profit and help people or really get people addicted rather. And Mm so, you know, there's a slippery slope there because who knows what quality of medicine these people are interacting with. And there's so much that people do not talk about when it comes to cannabis. If someone is extremely intelligent when it comes to cannabis, most likely they're going to be talking about cannabinoid content, terpene content, flavonoid content, things like that, quantifiable measures, right? Mm -hmm. Quantifiable science. But the challenge is that they're omitting the whole qualitative side of science, right? What was the energy of that grower who cultivated it, right? Were they coming to work every day Uh, broke, worried about how they were going to pay rent? What's the energy of the person who runs the company? Are they trying to pinch pennies to get as much quantity out? This is where you, you, (laughs) this is where you, dude, and I'm cool to go here, but this is where you're, this is where you're starting to get out there. But, but hear me out. And, and, yes. and I'm going to give everybody a lifeline because I know what you're about to say. This dude's talking. Let me tell you something. <laughs> Talk to my girlfriend, go on Gaia and watch water, like water remembers or like water has energy. Yeah. And she showed me that. My whole life changed. that yeah. Dude, they were playing heavy metal. They were playing classical. That's when I realized that everything has energy. Well, you know, I'm so glad you brought that up, Austin, right? Because I bring this stuff up specifically because I want people to challenge me, right? And then and then I say, yeah, I get it, right? It's hard. You can't necessarily measure it on scale. It's really hard and challenging, right, to understand that. Okay, so tell me how many units of love you have for your mother versus your girlfriend, right? They're like, uh, what do you mean? I'm like, well... You can experience love. You know it exists, but you can't measure it on a scale, right? So that's an example of qualitative science. And, you know, really qualitative science for me is where science and spirituality combine, right? Because okay. we take the, the quantitative science, which is most of the mind, and the qualitative science, which is the feeling body, right? Mm-hmm. And we know from, you know, if you've ever done programs like Training Camp for the Soul or um, uh, what's the other one? Uh, it starts with an L. I forget the name of it. Not Lifeline. Uh, there's... Um, I forget the name of it offhand, but it's a it's a big program that includes a lot of inner child healing and things like that. Um, I remember it off the top of my head, but but yeah, like these things are they're becoming more and more popular now. You can you can look up biogeometry, right? Which is another science of that's qualitative in nature. It's measuring energy qualities, right? Not to jump mm-hmm. down a super big rabbit hole, but this stuff does exist, right? It's just that we can't see it with our eyes. But the the funny thing is that we can only see 4% of visible reality, right? Like that's mm-hmm. quantifiable. We can, we can, we can actually say that in scientific studies mm-hmm. that we only see 4% of visible reality. So that whole, I'll believe it when I see it thing. Sure. If you want to omit 96% of what's already around us, right? When we interact with psychedelics, what are we seeing? We're not tripping and seeing things that aren't there. We're actually bringing down the consciousness in our body or mm-hmm. switching the chemical makeup of it. So we can see what's around us at all times. I mean, consciousness is a psychic substance, right? Like it mm-hmm. is a psychedelic in certain ways, right? It puts parameters on our reality because we need to drive cars and things like that. And it wouldn't be conducive to have things, you know, all these patterns and different colors flowing at you when you're trying to drive, right? Like it makes sense. But 
you know, that's what I always remind people of in my own practice with transformational coaching with connect with cannabis, you know, like you were saying, right. You'd, you'd listen to this, you'd interact with cannabis. You'd listen to music. You'd get these ideas, right? Well, were those ideas coming from here or were they coming from in there? Right. Yeah. Like a lot of times their aha moments are downloads. Right. And it's mm-hmm. not something that I actually made in my head. It was something that boom, got to me. And I was like, Oh, okay, cool. You know how I can put this in a, in a framework where anybody that's hearing this for the first time can understand this. So hmm. one of the things, as I stepped deeper into my coaching practice, one of the things I've been wrestling with is like, when you're new to coaching is understanding, uh, I'm an empath and, and I can help people and that's great. But my, my attachment to their feelings is actually tearing me apart in the same, you know, kind of yes. that's why I'm in, that's why I'm in lifted, right? Like yes. my compassion makes me really great, but it also rips my soul in half, you know, yes. at the same time. Right. Yes. But what's interesting is, is I said, you know, I need to figure out a way to like deal with my energy or like slow down. And so uh, when I was back in Austin, now we live in Tahoe, I started mm. getting body work from a guy, mm. you know? And so he would do body work in my office. And he said, when he would leave, he would get business ideas all the time. Okay. <laughs> but, but hold on. He was only massaging me. But what happened is that's my office where I do my podcast, where I work mm. and the plant grows bigger and he's getting business ideas. So there's an, there's a, there's a flow of energy in the room and he's, he's yes. collecting it and he's downloading it. Right. And so what's interesting is one of the times when he was massaging me, the business that I'm currently building my legacy business, I, it came to me during the <laughs> massage. I asked him to wait. I got a whiteboard out. I wrote it all out. And then I said, okay, continue the massage. Like in that yeah. moment, it was only because I stopped because I think 90% of there's two things that really drive me that I, that I've seen in my clients. One, they're tr- you, it's impossible. And when I mean this impossible mm. to create from survival mode. Mm, and I yes. believe that I believe that 80% of our society is living in survival mode, if not more. 100%. And, and, you know, it's funny you bring that up because we wonder why there's such a divide going on right now, right? We wonder why, or put it this way, I have wondered why for a long time, why I see so many people wasting valuable energy, arguing on Facebook and arguing on Instagram, right? And then I actually realized, I'm like, oh, we'll put myself in their shoes, right? It's two people in most cases, or multiple people on both sides in a fight or flight state, in a survival state, they're upregulated. Their breath is fast and light, right? So they're literally creating cortisol, they're creating norepinephrine, they're creating all these things. And then they're arguing about something that is part of their identity. It's seen as their identity. So what's happening is these two people that are in an upregulated survival state are essentially doing a 21st century version of war, right? Online. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's no accountability <laughs> either. There's no accountability. No, because-, no, because they can, they can say whatever they want. Cause, exactly. cause it's, it's, it's not a person. Exactly. Yeah. And, and so like, then they actually expect they're going to change one of these people's minds, right? Both mm-hmm. sides think I'm going to win this argument, right? Well, the thing is, even if one side is like, quote unquote, right, objectively, right. Objectively true. And, and, and right. They're not going to convince that other person because that other person is in a survival state and their identity is getting triggered, right? Mm -hmm. So even if that happens, that person's the other side is probably just going to say, fuck you and go on with their day, right? So that's what I tell people is that, you know, with all of these things happening, right? It's, it's so challenging and it's such a multifaceted issue or challenge rather, but this is where 
for me, the way I interact with cannabis now and the way I teach in the program really helps me because now I can actually interact with cannabis in a way that's intentionally made to enter me into my parasympathetic nervous system state with a switch, right? Because sometimes, let's face it, when you're in a survival state, say you were just in a traffic jam for an hour and you relate to your appointment or something, sometimes no matter how much work you do, it can be challenging to get out of that at the end of the day, to switch that identity into a husband, into a father, right? Into any of these things. I mean, and, and you know, not to mention, not to mention my buddies talk about this and I had the same thing. Like mm. my room is right there. Yes. And so, and so like on Mondays <laughs> I coach, so for like, you know, I'm in people's life and we're working and we're aggressive and we're, we're soft. And I, and one of my issues is I don't set the intention or listen to some music for five minutes to reset mm. my attention to be uh, a ho- hotel runner and, or a boyfriend. And and I think that's part of the issue is you're taking your state, right? Your state, which is work is totally different than home. And you're not, you're not taking the transition, right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, Angelo has a great word for this and I, and I love it. And I put it in the program too, which is, you know, what is your recognition ritual, right? Your rituals, right? Rituals is the reason why every religion, every spiritual practice is ritual based, right? Rituals have a huge, huge meaning in the culture of human beings. And when I get home, right home again, I'm in my house too. So like, you know, I do all my work here. I do my podcasting here when I'm, when I'm interacting with cannabis and at those days, what I will do, usually it's on Fridays and weekends. Cause it's like the recognition ritual of my week. Hey, my work is done. My masculine identity can be surrendered for a little while and I can go into either my inner child or my feminine side. Right. Mm-hmm. I can paint, I can get into my guitar. I can create music and just really get recharged for the week ahead because it's really challenging from a masculine point of view to relax because the masculine wants to go, go, go. Right. It's a great mm-hmm. part of our identity, especially mm-hmm. as men, but as women too. Right. But if we don't have some type of ritual and it can be anything from breath work to something like cannabis. But for me, when I connect with my partner, Rachel, at the end of a Friday and we're talking about our week and we're sharing a joint or a bag off the volcano, it's amazing because any problem quote unquote we have now we see as an opportunity and we laugh about it, right? We laugh at the devil and he runs away as Mark England says, right? So I'm not going to lie to you. Like I am like, and I don't get shocked often. Like, me stepping into this and meeting you, like, not that I didn't know you were a businessman, not that I didn't know <laughs> that you, you ran podcasts, yeah. but I didn't expect you to be as aggressive, manly. Like yeah. I didn't feel it, but yeah. I also like, you know what I'm saying? Cause like, you think like, ah, he's long hair. He's supposed to be, yeah. you know, so, so like, so, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But, it, but, but, but what's interesting is I get the same thing about me. Like yeah. my girlfriend, like people see me on Instagram, they see me and then like, they think that like, I'm always here. And she's like, you don't even understand. Like, he's actually pretty fucking chill. And like, yeah. kind of a little, she calls me a little bitch. She's like, yeah. she's kind of a little, like he's a little sensitive, you know, like that's, she's like, that's the hard, a good partner right there. <laughs> yeah. She's the, she's the kind of hard. She's like, you're such a baby. Yeah. Right? But, uh, but like we're, the joke is we're going to do a podcast where she acts like me. I think that'd be the yes. funniest thing in the world. Cause she's like, you're not with you. But what's interesting is on the back of that, the second thing I was going to say is that is that I found no matter who they are, what they are, their age, is they don't love themselves. Mm. And so I came up with a thing today. I'm now going to have all my coaching clients. I make them take a personality test. I'm going to make them take a love language test. Mm. And it's not that I it's not that I love them. It's that yes. I need to know how they need to be loved. Yes. So Absolutely. I can address them and, 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 and thank them and, and support them the way that they truly need. And yes. I don't know where that came from or why it hit me this week, but it's been something that feels so right to me. 
Absolutely. And you know, it's funny because, you know, we hear these things in the spiritual communities and, and really like, you know, if you follow Paul check or any of these people, you know, they talk about 4d 5d, right. We're getting out of 3d. We're going to 4d. Right. And I always, you know, especially as a spiritual person, a lot of the time I was like, yeah, it totally makes sense. And I was like, what the fuck does that actually mean? Right. But really what it means, and this is what downloaded to me. And it's exactly what you were just talking about. It's that intuitive knowing it's tuning into your heart. That is fourth dimensional. Right. Mm -hmm. And then when you're able to connect your mind, which is the third dimension and your heart, which is the fourth dimension, you're then able to access the fifth dimension, right. Okay. Which is higher and higher, um, uh, like, like transitions of knowing if that makes sense. Right. Okay. And so basically like, as you're downloading these things, right. As you're getting these intuitive knowings, that's you connecting to your heart. Right. Well, well and, think about it this way. Why can, yeah. why can you, and I'm sure it's happened to you or happened yeah. f- like for you. Yeah. Why can I send the text right in that moment when somebody needs it? Why, why yes. do I get the text that I need right when I'm at my lowest? Like yes. there's no other way around that to explain that some way we're connected. Yes. And you know what the funniest thing about this, right? This sounds so new age and wild, right? But this isn't new age at all. This is just a remembering, a redash membering of how human beings were in the past. Because what we're talking about here is the difference. If you want to talk about the brain, we're talking about what we're in right now is a very left brain dominant society, right? I only believe what I can see. You know, life is finite. I, I'm born and then I die and that's it, right? There's no magic to life. All the magic has been taken from life. Now, the logical mind has a great, great place, right? It is 100% valuable. And I love a lot of parts of it. But what's happened is from back in the days of ancient Egypt, when we were way swung to the right brain side, now we're swinging way to the left hand side, right? We're, we're looking to find the pendulum point in the middle as the Tao Te Ching talks about the balance point, right? Where we can have our get shit done mind, right? Our logical working mind. And we can also have our spiritual mind, which is our right brain, which is experience, right? Mm-hmm. That's where time dissolves. That's where we're in the moment. That's where all of a sudden you're like, I need to send this person a text right now. I don't know why it doesn't make any logical sense, right? But I'm mm-hmm. going to do it right. Women are extremely connected to this, right? If you've ever been for anyone listening, if you have a woman in your life or you are a woman, you get what I'm saying already. Like women are extremely good at this. And it's not because men can't be, it's because men have believed they can't be because that's not quote unquote strong. And they, right. And they, yeah. And they choose to ignore it because, because exactly. what I found in, in coaching enough people is that 90% of the time their gut is right. Yes. And they are not paying attention to it. Exactly. You, you know what you should do. You know you have gifts. You know all these things. Yes. And what I'm doing by sending the text or giving you the support is I'm just lifting you over that hump of fear where you yes. believe it just for a second. And then what happens is it shifts the whole universe for you and opens it up. You are their permission slip right? Like that's exactly what I call myself as a coach as a permissionary, right? Like we're giving people permission to trust what they already know within them. Like, Mm -hmm. and, and there's going to be a tipping point where people are coming online more and more to this and saying, I don't know why I want to leave this job where I'm making a hundred K and go live in the woods, but I want to do it. Right. And all of a sudden they go to the woods and they meet some millionaire who's hanging out there too. And he's like, man, you're really great. You want to make 250 K a year doing this thing. And it's just like, it's not going to make logical sense, but that is the mystery to life. That is when the magic comes back into life because you know that you don't know. Right. And this is why I love plant medicines. And I'm such a big proponent of them because 
really what I feel the curse of life is. And when you, is when you start knowing things, right? Because when you know something, it's, it's not what you think, you know, that gets you in trouble. It's what you know, you know, I believe that was Shakespeare or, um, uh, I forget someone else, but, but it's a great quote, right? And, and, and basically the whole point of it is, is that when you interact with plant medicines, right? When you interact with a heroic dose of mushrooms, when you interact with ayahuasca, when you interact with, you know, uh, peyote or wachuma or any of these medicines or 5-MeO-DMT, you realize real quick that you don't know shit, right? Like you don't know anything. And that is where things really get interesting because then you can be open-minded. Then you can agree to disagree with someone because you're not, you know, standing on your high horse. Like I know this, you're like, oh, I might not agree with that, but Hey, that's awesome. And I can entertain that. Right. You don't have to believe it, but you entertain it. So there's a couple, I was telling Mark yesterday during our, it's our third call and then lifting. Mm. I said, one of the things that blows me away like, I don't even know if I'm there for myself. I think I'm there to just like see the art of coaching, like to be honest yeah. with you. Um, Cause I, you know, like I like to get in there. What's interesting. There's a couple words you hit in there that I think is something I've been preaching for a year on this podcast hmm. is as adults, we have lost a couple things, playfulness, curiosity, intrigue, laughter, hmm. and fun. Yes. And we white knuckle life <laughs> yes, for, for, for Lord knows what fucking reason, because all you're basing your goals on are by triggered false stories that are predicated on the back of how you felt you were talked to as a child. Yes. And yet what I've met is 60 year olds that are still hanging on a story. Yes. From three years when they were three years old. Absolutely. And that's why they're drinking or doing something like interacting with cannabis unconsciously because, and for anyone listening, ask yourself this right now. If you're someone in, in Austin, you, you, I'm sure you could uh, relate to this too from your past. When you're someone who's stuck in those stories, right? And there's no play to your life. There's no joy, right? Why do you look forward to the weekend? Because then you can drink and unconsciously that's a permission slip to be fun again, right? Mm. To act like a kid, to do stupid things, right? Like all these things are why, but what I teach people how to do with connect with cannabis and in my transformational coaching is how to be able to access that at all times. Right. So then your vacations can actually be a celebration, right? And by vacation, yeah. I mean, your weekends, right? Your time off your time with your family, right? They can be celebrations rather than an escape mechanism from your overburdened life. Right. Because you're taking yourself too seriously. That's why I tell people, I'm like, listen, no dude, one's getting out of this alive. Dude, right? like, dude, but I, I, I've had a crazy week and my girlfriend was like, you don't have shoes on now, motherfucker. You're working. Like yes. you, she's like, you don't have shoes. You're in your office. Like lighten the fuck up. Yeah. Stop <laughs> taking yourself so seriously, right? Like no one gets out alive anyway. Like, like he's over there. Like the other day, I spoke to somebody in Spain, Portugal, New York, uh, Kansas City, and Australia in the same day, and she was like, "That's your life. Like how cool is that?" <laughs> you know, because yes. we have to even remind ourselves. But on the back of what you were saying, and I'm going to ask you a question in a minute. That's going to yeah. be mainly selfish for me. Yeah, I'm excited. Um, <laughs> one of my theories, because I'm in real estate, one of my theories are: I meet a million fifty-year-olds who want to get into real estate. For three years, they've been sitting on the sidelines. They've been learning. They've been reading everything. Then I meet a twenty-three-year-old, twenty-one-year-old that has eight hundred units or, you know, 20 properties, you know why? Because why? he's just, he's just dumb enough to not know any better. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That's what the, the tree of knowledge was, right? The, the, 
eating from the tree of knowledge was turning us third dimensional. It was taking us away from our pure experience of being and actually having the, like the awareness of like, Oh, now I have a mind and a logical mind is going to tell me, you know, what to do. And, you know, is this okay? Should I do that? Right. And so the more that gets developed, especially like when you're younger, it's still coming online, right? Like even Mm -hmm. at 20, 21, 23, like you're still pretty much an infant. Right. Mm -hmm. But when you're 50, that shit is regimented. Not too much context, to, too much exactly, context to operate. Exactly. Yeah. And it's yeah. too many like recurring patterns, right? Because again, like where attention goes, energy flows. So if someone thinks for 25 years, like I have to make sure that I know my stuff before I get into it. Well, then at 50, it's going to be like cement trying to break through mm-hmm. that shit. Right. Mm-hmm. But someone at 21 has such an ability to go, ah, eh, well, fuck it. You know, like, well, you know what I tell, you know what I tell them, you know why it's so easy? Cause it's, it's not really a far fall from the couch to the floor. Yes, exactly. Yes. That is an amazing statement. And it's so true. It's like when you have little to lose, it's I mean, you know, it's you you don't have much to lose, right? Like Mm -hmm. it's it's very much easier to uh, justify that. type. And and you know what's interesting is this somehow I have an NFT show, but I don't even know what an NFT is. So that's a whole nother (laughs) conversation for another day. But what I'm saying is, as I've gone on podcasts in the crypto space and the NFT space, what I realized this is very important. This is this is the businessman in me. Mm. What I realized that these things were based on is not crypto, is not any of this shit, is community. It's 100%. all community. They are out there, not being censored. We support each other, nerds, business yep. people, all the around and saying, we'll take you for our, as you are. My face is not on my portfolio. I have a weird name. I yes. just get to be me. Yes. And when I that click for me, I go oh, this is going to be huge. It's gigantic because the world is lacking community so much. And again, people are taking themselves so fucking seriously, right? Like we look at, you know, what's going on in the world right now, right? And what happens when society as a whole, you know, uh, values things like safety over freedom, right? And it's like, again, the unconscious belief here is that if we're safe enough, we'll get out of life alive, right? And so you have all these uptight people walking around being like, stay safe, stay safe. It's like, for what? So I can die the same way I would otherwise. It's like, you know, let it rip, right? Like that's yeah. what this experience of life is supposed to be. And that's why these things like NFT and crypto are becoming so big because exactly what you're saying, community, right? People are realizing, even if it's unconscious, most of these people are not going to like, if you ask them like, Hey, how much do you value community? Most of them are like, ah, you know, it's cool. No. Right. But they're unconsciously valuing it like, really, really it. high because it's, it's human nature, right? Like it's because, human nature to want to be loved. Well, what's interesting is somebody asked me the other day, <laughs> I said it as a joke, but kind of serious and the same thing. They asked me, they said, what is something old fashioned that you still value? And I wrote a hug and a handshake. (laughs) Yes, dude. You know, that's rebellion these days. I mean, in a lot of ways, right? Like that is like, you're shaking someone's hand. It's like, fuck yeah. But you want to know why you want to know why people and and I'm not tooting my own horn. I'm merely saying that that I, that I've been told this. Mm. One of the reasons that people like me, or or can connect with me, is they said that you hold no judgment in your voice whatsoever. And so one 100%. of the things you one of the things you don't know about me is when I meet people, I go homeless, drug addict, divorced, meth addict. Nice to meet you. Awesome. <laughs> and, and in that moment, they're like, Oh, dude, I'm good. They're like, yeah. I, they're like, I can share my, that's, this is why we had this podcast. I want you to show housewife, business person, billionaire. I've had a billionaire on. Mm-hmm. Everybody has a story. 
and everybody yes. goes through pain and everybody goes through things. So what I want to ask you, this is mainly selfish for me. So I made a yes. decision. I classify myself as a lifestyle investor, even though I work very hard when I'm in work. Mm-hmm. So I made a constant decision that um, I try not to schedule things on Friday because that is my, you know, um, just hang out, go play golf, meet with investors, catch up for the week. Mm-hmm. Well, I made a thing like three months ago where I was like, you know, it'd be really great if like I took off Thursdays too, or I did have meetings. Right. So, mm-hmm. so how it works is Monday, I work from like 5 a.m. to like seven at night. And then I work busy on Tuesday and busy on Wednesday. And then I'm, I won't schedule a meeting. Mm-hmm. So my question to you is, is that, is there two different people? Is there, or is that one person living two different identities? Cause I, mm-hmm. here, here's the, here's the issue. I like work. Mm-hmm. I like to feel accomplished. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm, I'm kind of dancing between, is that, is that, is that two different people or is it just two different versions of oneself? Well, the way I hear it is maybe it's two different types of work, right? You're someone who loves work and that's what your identity is. Someone who loves work. It's very masculine, right? So, yeah. so that's like what this I come, I just come up three times today yes. and I feel where it's yes. going. And it hurts. Yes. <laughs> and that's why it's like, you know, you have different versions of quote unquote work that you love. Right. And you, what it seems like to me and meeting you face to face and seeing your content online is that you've really made work your play, right? So you're never truly working, right? Even when oh, you're working exactly. and you're working really hard, you're working long hours. I imagine all this, right? Some stuff that other people will be like, yikes about you really love it. It charges you up. Right. Mm-hmm. And you're also aware enough to realize that, Hey, this one side of work charges me up in a lot of ways, but it also leaves a couple things on the table. And so therefore on Fridays and maybe weekends, I do this other type of work, right? Where then that charges like my other side of me, right? Maybe it's more like the the main side is more your masculine side, getting shit done, right? And the other side is more feminine flow. Hey, I don't know who I'm going to talk to. Maybe I'll go to a golf thing. Maybe this one investor the, will be there, right? It's yeah. more flowy. Yeah. One of the things that's coming up is I don't think I'm giving my perso- myself permission for the creative side. There's too much mm-hmm. doing. Yes. So that's why I feel like that Thursday for me is learning, you know, uh, reading books, kind of, you know, walking out in nature if I want. And I think that's kind of what I'm, what I'm driving to, you know? Yes. Well, you know, it's funny. That's most of the clients I have in connect with cannabis is when you really get down to it, they have an unconscious pattern of not allowing themselves to flow. Right. And what is necessary for them to actually create more abundance, more happiness, more success, all these things. It's simply allowing themselves to flow, right? So cannabis acts as the reminder in this situation to be able to do that. And there's many ways you can do that. You don't necessarily need cannabis, right? But for those who are already interested in cannabis, it can be a great teacher, right? Because what I always tell people is if cannabis is calling on you, right? Like most people that want to forget about their stuff, don't interact with cannabis, right? Because they and they have then a bad trip or bad experience, right? Now, you can definitely end up numbing your emotions uh, uh, with cannabis. It just takes a longer time to do that normally. But, mm-hmm. you know, I imagine, you know, a lot of people that will drink, but are like, fuck weed. I don't want to go near that, right? And so, yeah. I, I'm, you know, like, yeah. one of the well, I tell you that, what, you know, yeah. here, here's how, you know, society <laughs> has a problem with alcohol. You ready for this? Please. When you meet a heroin addict, a former heroin addict who was a heroin addict for 15 years, who shook my hand and goes, dude, you quit alcohol. I got more respect for you than heroin. And I'm like, <laughs> holy shit. Okay. And, and so my joke, right? My joke, uh, my joke is if I, we were in a business meeting, if we were in a business meeting and I busted out an eight ball of cocaine and I did the whole thing, you go, oh, that motherfucker's got a problem. If the same guy drank a case of beer, they'd be like, oh, that's just Bob. He likes beer. Yeah. 
Absolutely. And they'd be like, oh, Bob, what kind of beer do you like? Why do you like that kind? You know, and Bob would be like, oh, it's got a certain flavor note. Right. Imagine if you did that with an eight ball. Oh, this cocaine. You know, it's like that old saying, like, I don't like cocaine, but I sure do like the smell of it, you know, or like, I don't do cocaine, but I like the smell of it. Right. It's like so interesting. And, and it's funny because, you know, I never liked your drinking. I've never, I've never tried cocaine, uh, funnily enough, right. I've interacted with most plant medicines out there, but I just, I luckily I'm, I'm very fortunate that I had a lot of anxiety until I was about 23. And so when I thought about things like mushrooms or acid or Coke or anything like that, it gave me the heebie jeebies. And so by the time that I first tried MDMA and realized like, Oh, that whole thing with weed. Oh, I got fooled completely with the dare program for most of these drugs, right? Like acid and, and, you know, MDMA and all these things. You know, I was already aware enough. I'd already seen enough of my friends in the club life, like go down hard from cocaine. Yeah. Well, well, here's my issue. Like and this is, yeah. and you're, this is going to resonate with you. Cause I've mm. seen it. I've seen it around friends that I know are shamans and stuff. Mm. I also have an issue with people that go down searching too much with mushrooms oh, and, and absolutely. LSD like every fucking weekend. I'm like, bro, 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 you meet high achievers that do this shit. They take what they need, move on with their life. Like they're not yes. out there searching every time. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny. Terrence McKenna has a famous quote, which is when you get the message, hang up the phone. Right. And it doesn't mean forever, but like there is an integration period. Right. So when you're interacting with a plant medicine, you're disintegrating. Right. So it's literally you're disintegrating your mind. Right. And so when you're coming back to ground level, it takes time to reintegrate. Like, what does all this mean for me? What does this change for my experience of life? Like, how am I going to apply these things? And if you just keep hitting the button every weekend, then once again, you're running a pattern of escapism, yep. right? Yep. There's some addicted tendency there. And most likely it's not an addiction for the sense of addiction. It's more likely you're escaping something, right? There's some True. trauma there that you're looking to run from. And when you're interacting with a plant medicine, especially you talk about MDMA or like psilocybin, something that can really be a big heart opener. Ayahuasca can be one too. And again, like for those listening, I realize these things can cause a lot of challenges, right? Like people might be saying who runs to do mushrooms, right? It's like, you'd be surprised, right? You'd like, be surprised. Cer- yeah, certain people, they, they're, they're, certain people are very intellectually smart, right? They know mm-hmm. alcohol, cocaine, things like that are a challenge, right? So in their mind gives them this like thing where they're like, well, you're not doing any of those. So what Look, harm have you done? I'll say a statement that if I say it out of context, it's really hard for people to understand. But I hope they get the point. When I bought a real estate property and I, my house went up 160 grand in the year and I refied out, took the cash, Mm. paid off all my debt and my credit score went up 200 points and I had money in the bank. That was the worst month of my life. Mm. Now, why is that Austin? You had money, your credit score went up because I only knew how to live with my back up against the wall mm. and that Texas toxicity and that uncomfortableness was home for me. Yes. Well, it's like how people that are used to chaotic relationships will cause fights and arguments in a calm relationship mm-hmm. because they don't know how to exist in this mm-hmm. new container. It's the same way that, you know, people will like artists, for instance, right? There was a famous artist who did this. He every time he would he would sell out books or paintings. I forget exactly what it was, but he would go to Vegas and gamble away all his money every time so that he could be a starving artist again because that was the only way he had motivation to actually create so what he here's, did. Here's the scary thing. <laughs> and I and I and I, there's two things I want to hit on before we get out of here. But yeah. I tell you what's even harder. It's really hard to learn to win, to be successful. Mm. Yeah. Because once you start, like you're like, oh my God, where's it going to fall out from underneath me? That's yes. what I'm, you know, that's a, like my business has taken off since like 
you know, late spring. And, you know, if I was my old self, I'd be sitting here going, when's the shoe going to drop? When's the shoe going to drop? But instead, it's, but instead it's coming from every way. Abundance is, 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 is in, is in spades, you know? And well, that's why we do the mindset work and the heart set work, right? It's so we can actually accept and be excited about what's coming to us, right? Because a lot of times, like, what is being sober, right? Like, this is what I ask a lot of people that interact with cannabis daily, because I used to be one of them. I get it. And there's no judgment here. It's just, you know, for certain people, like if you have cancer, yeah, interact with cannabis daily, if you're doing holistic methods, right? But there's a certain point where like, again, you get home and the joints in your hand, you're like, I didn't even remember rolling this, right? So I asked them like, what is it about being sober that scares you so much? Right. And a lot of times the answer I get is it's how good I feel. It's how energized I feel. It's how like on point I feel. I don't know how to handle that. Right. And so it's almost like a reintegration once again of like what life is meant to feel like. Right. I mean, like bliss, right? Like, like that's why so many people don't go up the scale in David Hawkins consciousness level, right? Because they self-sabotage themselves to stay in their comfort zone, right? Like everything great lives outside of your comfort zone, all these sayings, but it's like, you don't actually know it until you experience it, right? That's the perfect example of the 3D versus the 4D, right? It's so hard to actually like sit into these things when you're experiencing them. And that's why it helps to understand breath work and meditation and like work with someone like you or I, where we know these things and we can help someone actually sit into these things and feel them and accept and feel safe in their own body and their own experience. Yeah. Because, because at the end of the day, it's, you know, I, I actually think that it's, I was telling my client the other day, like I, had a call at five in the morning. We're now on a coaching call at six o'clock. I've done 10 today. Why am I just as charged up as I was? Because it's because I know where I'm, I don't need drugs and alcohol to get me high anymore. Helping, impacting people, doing my business. That, well, that's what gets me high now. Like, yes, you're high on life. And it's funny because, you know, I remember being a 16 year old, like that's stupid high on life. Right. And it's funny because like, you, what is the unconscious belief there that I had, right? It's, oh, I couldn't possibly be high on life because what's so good about life, right? And now it's like, I don't get high to escape life. I get high, right? Only because I do what I love, right? I don't even care. Like a lot of the cannabis that I interact with these days is actually hemp, right? It has no THC. I'm not looking at it for that. I'm looking at it to get a new creative inspiration, right? I'm not looking for it to get high, right? Like I'm looking for it to really allow me to access a different side of myself and try a new pair of shoes on for a little while. I'm like, huh, how does this work? Right? Like Mm -hmm. that is why I think plant medicines are becoming so popular right now is because it's allowing people to try a different lease on their reality. Right? Because I think people are unconsciously coming to a, uh, like a hundred monkey point where enough people are realizing it now that there's a mass awakening and like a big cognitive shift happening collectively where people are realizing like, you know what? I don't think I need all the money in the world to be happy. I don't think I'm going to tell myself that I need this house and these five cars to be happy. I think I'm going to be happy now. And then, oh, guess what happens when you decide to be happy now and you really own it? All of a sudden, these things are smacking you in the face, the side effects. Oh, I got a house now. Oh, I got this job. It's like an office space, right? Where that guy, the main character, he starts coming to work and he's just carefree. They're like, hey, take a raise. Hey, do this, right? Like It's because he's owning that vibration. That shit is addicting. You can either be a battery charger or a battery drainer, right? And 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 that's what you're doing, right? That's what coaches do. We're battery chargers. We're gigantic chargers for people to come like get electrified from and then go back out into the world. And, and then and yeah. And then on the back of that, my shaman friend had to tell me healers need healers. <laughs> yes, 100%. Like that right now, a- I feel more like and and and, and I think when, and this is, this is, this is, I, mean, I could spend an hour on this conversation alone. 
it's it's hard. Like I'm not saying like I'm complaining, but it's hard to be a coach. Like when it, it, it feels lonely <laughs> sometimes. Okay. Yes. And and maybe that's why I love the Enlifted group so much is because everybody's coaches and they can kind of be like, because like we're not allowed to have an off day. 100%. I have to be so much for so body, yes. which is great because I'm in the best shape I've ever been. In. I'm the happiest I've ever been. But there are some days where I just want to tell them, fuck off. Like, I don't mean the clients. I mean me. I want to yeah. tell myself to go fuck the off so I can go just act a fool. Dude, you know, it's so funny. And that's why, like, again, those recognition rituals, right? Like, you know, uh, my girlfriend and I, Rachel, she's a coach too, and part of Enlifted. And she's also a podcast host. She also hosts some badass retreats. And we're constantly on, right? Like, we have a lot of clients. We're oh, constantly yes. on. And so that's what cannabis has become for us. It's become like our designated time. It's not even about the cannabis. It's about the designated time where we know we're going to be complete goofballs. And then we're going to play some can jam. We're going to play some Uno. We're going to listen to music. We're going to practice dancing. We're going to play guitar together. We're going to just do things that allow us to remember like, oh, don't take ourselves too seriously. But it's so funny you mentioned that because and what it immediately makes me think of is like, yeah, it's like we're Jedi and imagine telling Luke Skywalker, or imagine Luke Skywalker saying, hey, I can't fight Darth Vader today. I just want to watch a rom-com, you know? And here's the deal is that for me, I'm more, I'm, I will give my, I'm more beholden to somebody else than I am myself. So for me, the massage, the body work is not an option anymore. Like it's not an option. If I want to be the coach that I want to be, because let me tell you something, especially with some people I deal with that have drug, drug problems in there, or they want to get divorced. Like I can't be off my game Mm. if they're having that moment where it's that big thing. So it's really become this thing of like, when it's my time to kind of like shut it down, I really just need to shut it down. Yes. Because so I can show up, Cause I'm really good when the spotlight comes on. Yes. You know? And so like, that's okay. But like, you know, sometimes it's like, I really just want to like, and, and I, I would never say that I would never actually do this. Cause I'll never drink again. Yeah. But like some days, man, you kind of just want to go get fucking weird. Like, yeah. at like 10 o'clock on a Tuesday, you know, like fuck yeah. this shit. I don't want to do it. You know? A hundred percent. You know? Yeah. And the cool thing is that like, what plant medicines have opened up for me like uh, a lot is that, you know, back in the day, I used them as an escape, you know, when I was in my late teens and whatever, and I didn't know what I was doing, but I was just doing it unconsciously. And then when I started to actually train in the mystery schools and, you know, train with shamans and, you know, learn from Paul check and work with him one-on-one and all of these types of things, I started realizing like, Oh, these things are allowed are meant to help you remember like a kid, for instance, right. They don't need to take acid because they're on an acid trip all the time. Right. So the reason, like, again, like all that a drug is doing, all that a plant medicine is doing, right. All that alcohol even is doing is changing your own physiology. It's essentially a permission slip that you're putting in your body to change the chemical makeup of your body, of your neurotransmitters and all these things. So if you know that, it's like, oh, drugs aren't actually what's messing you up. It's actually your body going, oh, we can do this now. So we do a different thing, right? Mm-hmm. So therefore, you can hack your physiology and get to those states with through breath work, through meditating, through doing what you love, through uh, word magic. I mean, look what Enlifted does, right? Like, I don't know if you can see, but I have uh, posted notes all over my room mm-hmm. that say different things to me and they're spells, right? So if I'm feeling a little off, 
I'll look at that one right in front of me. I am loving my life, right? My podcast gets 15,000 downloads per week, right? And I'm like, oh yeah, of course, boom. And I can own that. And then I get silly again. And I remember not to take myself too seriously. And I get right back into the flow, vacation vibration, and I'm on, but I'm also able to not take myself too seriously. And that's the, one of the things that I try to get across the board is like the fact that you think that I want to do this all the time, you're sadly mistaken. Like, yes. Like, that's, 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 <laughs> that's not the thing. The thing is, is that I am aware enough and done enough work where I can do it even when I don't want to. And that for me is every time I, I level up and get, and get better. Because what's interesting is, you know, Mark was talking yesterday, um, he did like set a statement like I learn. It's two words. And, and and those two words like stuck with me. And then the next one was like, I live. Mm. And I'm like, that's four words. Mm. It's four words. But I feel so much power behind those four words. And I mm. said to myself, if you say that to yourself, you know, 10, 15 times a day, the power behind those four. I think the more and more I do their certification, the more and more I talk to guys like you, I think that we as adults and just society in general are just complicating everything. It's very simple. 100%. That is decision fatigue and complicating everything. That's the problem. It's so funny you bring that up because I tell people all the time, I said the hardest part about life is dumbing yourself down enough to realize how simple life really is meant to be. Like I, I, I think of it like this, right? We have our mind, body, and spirit. And unfortunately, slash fortunately, right? Because I do believe everything happens for us. Our mind has been going to the gym and deadlifting since we were six years old, right? AKA school, right? So we've been learning what to learn, but we never learned how to learn. And so now we're super smart. We know all these ridiculous, random things like calculus and geometry and all this stuff. And now we have to figure out intention, right? I'm like, okay, intention. It's got to be the super complicated thing. It's like, nope, you just... Tell yourself how you want to feel and then you go do it. It's like, well, no, 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 no. It can't be that simple. Like, it's like got to be different. It's like, nope, it's literally that simple. It's like, these are the things that once again, plant medicines have helped me so much because a lot of times you're running all this malware, right? All these mm-hmm. programs that were put into you by people that were most likely trying their best, but they had these patterns put onto them by someone who put it onto them by someone, right? And so the funny thing is that, you know, in these types of states, uh, when, when you're interacting with plant medicines, you can almost put those patterns to bed while they're still in there, right? So before you've actually pulled the roots and done all the work, you can put them to bed and get a peek at what people are talking about when they say intention is easy and all these things, right? And so that can be the cognitive shift that a lot of people need to be able to actually know what they're working for and what they're working towards and actually give them a bump, right? So it's like, you keep telling someone intentions easy, right? And you can create your reality. If they're really left brain, they're like, what are you talking about? You give them a heroic dose of mushrooms in a safe container, of course, and everything like this. And they're like, oh, I felt it. I can't explain it, but I felt it. Okay. Now I know it's possible. Right? So a lot of it is just realizing that like you can create anything in life and you just have to believe it's possible. But the problem is that, or the challenge becomes that a lot of people know things. And so when you know things, other things are not possible. So again, I know that I don't know, right? The best quote that I've ever heard is wise is the man who knows he does not know. Because when you don't know anything, all of life becomes fun again. All of life becomes a mystery. That's why kids have so much fun because they realize unconsciously they don't know anything. And that's the beauty of life. We're not here to know anything. We're here to have an experience, period. 
I love that. It's amazing. So people want to find out about your program, your podcast, how would mm. they do that? Yeah. So uh, find me on Instagram at the real Ryan Sprague, S-P-R-A-G-U-E, and at highly.optimized. That's the business Instagram. Uh, I have two podcasts, the Highly Optimized podcast and this one time on psychedelics. Highly Optimized is all about showcasing people's journeys and uh, the paths that they've taken to get there, you know, people that are paving their own paths. And then this one time on psychedelics, we jump down a ton of rabbit holes all about plant medicines, how people have integrated these plant medicine experiences into their lives, what they've built as a result of them, uh, biogeometry, consciousness, the nature of reality, all of this fun stuff. And then uh, if you want to find out more about the program as well, hop into the link tree and there's a website on there um, that will take you right to connect with cannabis.co. And if anyone's interested, hop on a discovery call with me and allow me to show you exactly what we do in the program before you ever sign up, because we want to make sure that you're a right fit for the program too. We want to make sure that both of us qualify each other. You qualify me and I qualify you as well. So that's where you can find me. I love it. Guys, if your mind got expanded like mine, make sure you send it to somebody that'll get some value from this, uh, share it with a friend and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Construct Your Life with Austin Lenny. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to rate, review, subscribe, and pay it forward by sharing with a friend. Most importantly, take this opportunity to start constructing your life by taking immediate action on what you learned. For show notes, resources, and more information on one-on-one coaching with Austin, visit constructyourlifepodcast.com.